Hello, I'm Dr. Chris Frickman, and you're listening to Vibrant Potential, a podcast committed to helping you achieve your vibrant potential. It's my passion to improve the lives of others, specifically in the areas of health, be that fitness, nutrition, emotional well-being, or what have you. If you don't have your health, you don't have anything. And today's guest goes to great lengths to fight not only for his health, but the health of his family, his clients, and even his dog. Jason is a good friend of mine, and you're in for a treat today. We had a blast recording this show. I guarantee you, you haven't heard these topics before. If you have, write me an email, and I'll refund all your money. I just, yeah, I couldn't believe, I, I told Babs, I'm, my wife, I'm like, I'm going to go do this to Frazier right now. And she's like, she's like, I am, I'm going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> not leave like, you, just to clarify, she's not leaving you. Right. Because, no, you're, no, no, because yes. you're insane. This episode is with my good buddy and a couple of swear words may have slipped in here. So if that's not your thing, consider yourself warned. If you like today's episode, please like our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash Vibrant Potential. If you aren't on my email newsletter, make sure you sign up at www.vibrantpotential.com. And if you're feeling magnanimous, you'd be doing me a huge favor if you logged into your iTunes account and left us a review. All right, now on with the show. Welcome to Vibrant Potential. We provide you with everything you need to know to overcome stress, fatigue, and chronic health challenges, as well as optimizing your performance in fitness, relationship, and business. We use integrative health solutions and functional medicine strategies, including brain-based approaches, inspired fitness tips, emotional intelligence coaching, and spiritual growth techniques, so you can live the life you want, connect deeply with others, and fulfill your vibrant potential. Your host is functional medicine expert, genetic biohacker, and triathlon coach, Dr. Chris Frickman. Jason, my first question for you is, can you tell me about Peru? Peru. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. First of all, thanks a lot, Dr. Chris, for having me on. It's, you know, just always a pleasure. And like you'd said, we are, uh, we are close buddies and, um, yeah, recently I was in Peru. So, uh, I was actually invited down there by a guy called, um, David Slocum who runs uh, a pretty well-known, one of the more well-known, uh, holistic healing centers that are down there in the Iquitos area of the Amazon basin. So he specializes mostly in like post-traumatic stress order and people with addictions and they'll come down there and he does work a lot with people with nasty illnesses as well, but those are his two kind of main um, focuses. So uh, what he'll, he does is he sees patients usually for a minimum of two weeks. There's some healing centers down there that are more for like the spiritual tourist who will just hop, hop in for a couple of nights and then hop out. He won't even take uh, patients like that. He only takes people that are, you know, really looking for some answers for some serious things that are troubling them. So a dear friend of mine who runs a healing center here in the United States, um, who's a nurse practitioner called Linda Shear, invited me to come down with her to speak to 
not only um, Slocum, but a bunch of people that ran healing centers and people that worked in holistic health, even at a government level in Peru, to speak about some of the things that I worked with. It was just an absolute incredible experience spending a good 10 days in the jungle. I learned an enormous amount about the medicine that the jungle has to offer. But yeah, I also you get to do some ayahuasca. That's like all the rage these days. Yeah, that their ayahuasca is a big, huge part of what they do there. Really? Um, and for people who are thinking about doing it, take a serious look at what you're about to do. Um, like I'd mentioned earlier, the spiritual tourist is all the rage. And the spiritual tourist is, you know, your typical, yeah, man, let's go do some ayahuasca and see the light show. <laughs> you know, they're not there to sit there. And, you know, what ayahuasca is designed to do is let you take a good look at your subconscious and be like, all right, this is who you really are. Maybe you thought you were someone else, but this is your dark side. This is who you are. And this is how you can look at you know, transcending your ego. So it's kind of a good idea to have done the foundation, uh, maybe a little foundational work first or? Oh, my word. Yes. <laughs> when you go down to Slocum Center, you are going to be on like a straight vegan diet and they will have you on jungle plant diets for days, even maybe a week at a time to really clean and cleanse your system before they will even say you might even consider being ready to do the ayahuasca. But the warning is there is a another jungle plant called um, Toy that is super, super potent that can be added to ayahuasca because ayahuasca is being over-harvested right now. And um, if you take toy with ayahuasca, you are guaranteed a light show, but it also can be very, very toxic to the system. There have been a couple of people that have actually overdosed. You cannot overdose on ayahuasca, but when you mix it with this toy, you can. And that's where this, there's a bad reputation that's being, you know, that's getting out there. But the toy will guarantee the light show. Ayahuasca will give you what you're ready for. And if you're just a, you know, hey man, let's do some drugs kind of guy and you take ayahuasca, a lot of times nothing will happen or the effects will be very mild because you aren't in the right consciousness state to experience what the plant can offer. So to make money, these spiritual tourist type places add this toy to it because they know that you will, you'll get high. And that's not what ayahuasca is designed for but you know to get people coming in through the doors they do that and they absolutely do not do that at the center that i went to so kind of something if someone's thinking about doing that definitely um you know do your homework oh interesting so i have myself never done ayahuasca i love shamanism i'm not necessarily like morally opposed to it uh i just don't know i don't know much about it you know i uh, you and I haven't been able to connect for a while, so um, I don't even know how much you know about the the healing retreats I'm doing with Dr. Shamini. We're doing the habitat retreats, and we're doing those in Colorado, and they are super healing. They're so much fun. It's it's. I mean, we're having like huge transformations in people in one week. It's the best thing I've ever done professionally. It's it's so great, That's and awesome. there are no drugs at all <laughs> right sure. so but like i said not necessarily morally opposed i'm just not going to be putting people on drugs if i don't know what the hell's going on right so yeah um so i'm just curious like Plus as long as legal in the united states so it probably wouldn't oh be is it oh I, you know what i didn't even know that okay yeah. i didn't i didn't <laughs> even know that okay so that's why everyone's going to brazil to do it okay exactly <laughs> okay got it Peru, yeah 
or yeah right peru and like in brazil yeah there's a lot of latin american co- countries where it's completely allowed in the yeah and i think even in mexico i think i i might not be right about that yeah, though anyways sure. so i'm just curious like what do you know about it man i mean you have your hands in all kinds of things in the health field and uh so i'm just curious man like you've done a lot of spiritual work a lot of like energetic work emotional work and stuff like that so like what's your take on it i've heard some people are like it's it's you know it's amazing it like you can learn who you are and 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 some things like that and then i've also heard you know uh it's a bunch of bullshit and if you want you know if you really want to like learn who you are then like meditate every day for four hours, you know, for 20 years. And then, then you're really going to know who you are. Like you, like you, in other words, I mean, I'm being flippant about it, but yeah. In other words, it's like, listen, you got to do the work. You can't just show up and like do some drugs and then think that you're enlightened or something. So I'm just, I'm curious what your take is on it. Yeah. I didn't, um, I didn't really know much about ayahuasca other than probably what, you know, I watched a couple of CNN specials on it and read a few things on the internet and, you know, I was like, okay, how can a plant really make you, um, enlightened or face your subconscious? And it's definitely in my mind now that I've experienced, it's not something you just do and become enlightened. Absolutely not. Um, it gives you a kickstart. It gives you maybe more of a deeper view. But yeah, if you just go come back here and you go fall back into your old patterns, it did absolutely nothing for you. It's just a tool. So yeah, I mean, could you become more enlightened by meditating for four hours every day and never have to do a single um, bit of ayahuasca? Yes, but also, you know, maybe, you know, someone like that should experience it because meditating can maybe keep you too much on the side of lightness. And we are light and dark. And maybe just just do it to show you that you're not afraid of it. I don't view ayahuasca as a drug. Um, I just view it as a sacred plant that yeah. um, can give it, – it will give anyone a completely different experience. So there's no – it's not like, oh, when you smoke pot, you get hungry and, you know, cartoons are awesome to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's totally different for everyone. There's tons of people that take it and absolutely nothing happened. And there's some people that take it and just have an amazing experience. It can be physical. It can be energetic. It can be spiritual. Mm-hmm. It just completely works with your subconscious is what it does. And if your subconscious isn't ready to work with anything, absolutely nothing will happen. For me, when I took it, I was really afraid. I really didn't want to take it. But the more they taught me about it and the way that they used it in ceremony there, I knew I was with the absolute right people to take it. Mm-hmm. I was there with you know a nurse who's dang near 70 years old who's taken it many times and told me a lot of good things about it. And um, for me, the experience was extremely traumatic. Oh, wow. um, it, uh, you know... Actually, I'm not really supposed to talk too much about my experience until like a full lunar cycle has passed. But there's some things I can share. Okay. Um, and that won't be till next week. But um, well, yes. I won't. I won't air this till later than that. So no. <laughs> yeah. But I still be talking, to, sharing with you. I will share it with you next week. But for me, the experience was traumatic, but in a very, very good way. So I'll just say that, like I, you know, you. You, you think you're doing all this work and stuff like that. And ayahuasca gives you this bam little punch in the face. Be like, you idiot. You aren't doing squat. You haven't done really anything yet. You have so much more work to do. And you have gotten into your ego thinking for one second that you've done a dang thing. 
So that's what the experience was like for me. And it showed me some really deep traumas that I thought I'd maybe transcended from my childhood that just showed me how much it was affecting some of my behaviors um, in my life today with my wife and with other areas of my life, the way I was, you know, just handling anger and things like that were still very much related to some traumas I had as a child that I thought I had let go of that um, I got a firsthand view of that I had not and mm. that I still had more work to do on them. So, wow, interesting. Uh, yeah, I relived some, some traumatic, but then there was also some really cool experiences that I had with it where you know, you're able to just get a broader view of things um, and really feel emotions of a group of people at the same time. So I was able to just kind of feel how much a lot of these friends of mine and these healers are just, they're trying to help so much and we have so much more work to do. And um, so that was just a nice experience just to feel the love of a lot of the people that, you know, I, that have become my friends over the last few years since I've gotten into this work. And that was really nice. So it, it just, it changed a lot for me. Some people like they told me that they just became a plant or something. I'm like, okay, I don't know what that really is. But, you know, so it just really, really mega varies. But for me, it was like, bam, I got a real, um, a real sense of like how much more work I have to do. And that basically I've, you know, done a minuscule amount and it was good for my ego. I had a really cool dream the night after this may not sound like a cool dream, but it was to me. I, um, I had a dream where I just kind of was watching myself sleep, but then I was looking out into the jungle and I saw a bunch of the people that I had met there carrying my corpse over their shoulder mm. and then they put my body into a grave. And I was like, okay, I've never had, I, I usually remember my dreams, but nothing like this vivid where I could just stay with one thing for a long time, like just watching this whole yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 right. So um, they, uh, they said, oh, that's just, you're letting go more of your ego. So that's what that's a resemblance of that dream. So I hope that gives you kind of a little bit of an idea. So I am completely with people where they would say it's a bunch of BS because it is a bunch of BS. You're not going to go down to Peru and stay there for a week and transcend a bunch of stuff. It must, you continue to do the work when you come home. It just gives you a, a jump start. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. Well, uh, thanks for sharing, man. Yeah. Um, so then you got back home and, uh, how's Frazier doing? Oh, Frazier. He is my, uh, yeah, I'll try not to get emotional talking about him. He has been with me through thick and thin. He's a, he's a boxer that I actually rescued, uh, 10 years ago when he was about two years old. And, um, he's, he's going to be actually 14 next week. So last February, <clears throat> um, he started acting strange and the side of his face started getting puffy. He was going outside and not wanting to come in. And in February in Minnesota, when you're wanting to stay outside, there is definitely something wrong with you, especially when you're a dog and you don't have on a bunch of clothes and you're not going ice fishing or something. Right, right. So I knew something was wrong. I, I, I would come home and like his snot would be frozen like icicles coming out of his nose. He'd be outside that long. So dogs go outside, you one of usually two reasons, they're in a ton of pain or they just they want to go out into the woods and like die. But I have a fence, so we couldn't get out into the woods. So I knew something was up, and I took him to a dear friend of mine who is um, a, a veterinarian here who does alternative medicine and traditional medicine. 
And he's like, Jason, yeah, I think it's just a tooth. I think he's probably got an abscess or a dead tooth. Let's just put him under and get that tooth out because the side of his face was swollen. I'm like, oh, that'd be great. So I come back and um, he's like, Jason, he's like, I took the tooth out, but then um, he was breathing funny. So I looked down his throat and then we did a bunch of imaging and he's got horrific vocal cord cancer. It's everywhere in his throat. Wait, you could and see it? Like he could he don't... could see it. He could just yeah, he looked down there with just a light and he's like, There were tumors everywhere. Oh then my they God. did uh, yeah. Then they did imaging and everything to complete the diagnosis. And his voice is he said his throat, um, by looking on the images, probably about sixty percent shut with a dog, another five percent, you know, you you've gotta put him down and be suffering too much. And I'm like, Okay, you know, I've had this dog for a long time. I'm completely cool with that. And um, he's like, take him home for the weekend and spend some time with him, you know, and then call me next week. I'm like, okay. I'm like, but before we go, um, I just want to test him. I do muscle testing. He does muscle testing. I'm like, I just want to test him and put a program together. I, I probably won't make him do it or anything, but I just want to test him before I leave. I know I won't, I'll be too emotional to test him at home. So we test him, put together a, a program and I go home and, um, you know, I do some meditating and some praying that night. And then I just uh, talk to some people in my inner circle and they're like, you know, Jason, I just keep getting that. You should try to help him. You should try to help him. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I'll try to help him. I don't, I don't want to suffer or try to prolong his, I don't want him to suffer. And, um, but I, I do want to try to help him if I can. So long story short, I, I did, um, programs that changed about every week, but I was using a ton of nutrition I actually gave my dog coffee enemas, believe it or not. I Holy cow. Okay. <laughs> uh, did you, like, how did the dog <laughs> like deal with that? Like yeah, he was, I, he was, he was, he awake. Yeah, he was, um, he was awake. I will, um, I'll text you the evidence. I've got pictures of it. So I believe but, you. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you're the kind of guy that would probably think that's a cool text. You know, I wouldn't share it with too many people. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, but uh, my friend, the nurse practitioner, she's like, you got to give him a coffee enema. I'm like, I'm like, Linda, how in the world am I going to do that? So I'm like, OK, this is what I'll do. I'll prepare the, the bucket and I'll lay him on my um, clothes washer in the basement and I'll stick his butt towards the um, the drain. You know, that way, if things get crazy, I'll, at least it won't be too bad. And then I've got these infrared pads that I just wrapped them up in and tried to calm him down while I was brewing that. And then I put him in the infrared pad while he was laying on the thing. And I put his head on a pillow and he just laid there. I was blown away. And yeah, I'm imagining like my dog, you know, try to put him up on like a, you know, I mean, they're metal, right? I mean, yeah, you kind of have him wrapped up and stuff, but he's like on a washer. And I'm imagining my dog like, yeah, I mean, you just like go crazy. I would think. <laughs> yeah, well, especially when you try to stick something up there. You right, right. So, and normally, if he was healthy, he would have been like, "What on earth are you doing? I'm jumping down from here. I'm I'm a boxer. I can get down if I want." But oh, he was already he was like kind of lethargic and stuff from being ill and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Ill. And then I think that you know they have this instinct that they just know you're trying to help them when they're ill. So. um I gave him the enema and then I, he just held it for about 10, 12 minutes. And then I just You're carried kidding him me. He held the coffee in his colon. Yeah. For like a good, like by the end, he was holding it for 15 minutes. So everyone just really quick, like for the people listening, 
because I'm, I'm positive some people have done coffee enemas that are listening, and I'm positive that there are a lot of people that have never even heard of a coffee enema. So yeah, don't call the animal uh, rights activists because I'm, I'm not hurting it. <laughs> right, right, right. But so coffee enemas are great for detox, and um, we use them actually in ha- habitat retreats. We use them uh, daily, sometimes multiple ones in a day with people. And literally what it is, is you brew coffee. Sometimes you can add other herbs and things like that. But essentially you're brewing this coffee and then you do an enema with it. You literally put the coffee in your butt. And then part of it is you hold it in there for a little bit if you can. Although a lot of times uh, people will have a hard time holding it in there because part of what it does is it stimulates uh, peristalsis. It just, you know, your colon stretches a little bit. The smooth muscle in there senses that stretch and then it starts this peristalsis, which is that's the muscular contractions that make the poop literally go through your colon and then so you can excrete it. Usually if people are doing a coffee enema and holding the coffee in their colon, they have to kind of fight that urge, so to speak, to 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 just poop. Right. And and so I'm again, I'm like shocked that uh, a a being that you're not able to verbally communicate with in terms of like, Hey, Frazier. So now we're going to do this coffee enema. I need you to try to hold the coffee in your rectum for several minutes. And he's like, yeah, no problem, boss. Like, that's amazing, man. I've never even heard of that on on an animal. Yeah, I didn't either. When my friend told me to do it, of course, I went right to the internet and there was all kinds of good information that, you know, it's been, very, very helpful for all kinds of animals. And then I felt a little bit better about it. And um, I just, yeah, I couldn't believe, I, I told Babs, I'm, my wife, I'm like, I'm going to go do this to Frazier right now. And she's like, she's like, I am, I'm going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> not leave like, you, just to clarify, she's not leaving you. Right. Because, no, you're, no, because yes. you're insane. Yeah. She's like, she's like, I don't want to, you know, know, you know, what kind of mess might be down there that. Right, you know, right, right. Right. So, Have fun with that. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, I trust you'll clean it up, but I just don't want to know that it's happening. So, <laughs> uh, so, but anyway, I, I just carried him outside after right out my back door and he just went out into the backyard. He excreted it and then just came back inside and I wiped him up a little bit, but the mess was like minimal. It was, it was crazy. So, um, so I, yeah, so I, I, I was doing that infrared therapies and, um, you know, just praying for him every day. And uh, Dr. Pomeroy is like, whatever you're doing, keep it up, keep it up. He's like, I can't believe he's still alive. Um, Dr. Pomeroy helped me with some other um, emotional techniques with the dog as well, with some laser and things like that, that were very helpful. And then um, we did some, uh, this was like probably maybe two, three months ago. He's like, Jason, please, please let me put Frazier under. I want to look down his throat. I want to look down his throat. I'm like, I, I don't want to put him under if we don't have to. And he's like, please. He's like, I'll just, you know, I'll take care of the cost, whatever. He's like, we, I got to see what's going on down there. Um, I'm like, all right, no problem. So um, we worked out a deal. He put him under. He looked down there and like all the tumors were gone. Um, completely gone. He's like, if I would look down his throat right now, I would say I wouldn't even be able to tell if there was ever cancer there in the first place. It looks normal. He's like, I don't know. He's a second generation vet. His dad's had this animal hospital for before he did. And um, so he's been around veterinary medicine for a long time. So he'd never seen anything like it anywhere even close. And especially in a boxer, they're known for like 
when cancer comes that it lights out in a very short amount of time. Mm. So given his age, how advanced the cancer was, he's just like impossible. Wow. So he's still here today. He's in the other room right now taking a little nap. Um, he's putting some weight back on and everything. And um, he's out chasing squirrels the other day. Um, it'll be 14 um, like tomorrow. <laughs> wow. Well, God, I don't. How do I respond to that? Congratulations, or uh, I mean, that's great, man. I'm, yeah, I'm glad you're glad you still get to you know have your buddy around for a while longer, and that's yeah. that's amazing. Good I should for be. you for going to like the those lengths, I guess. You know. <laughs> yeah. No, that's exactly um, the point that I, I I was gonna I wanted to make, um, Doctor Chris. Is a lot of people are like you need to tell the world about this. And I'm like, no way. I mean, like, there's no way most people would go through what I went through to try to help this animal. Yeah, it was a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton of work. And then um, constantly retesting and retesting and retesting them. So this isn't a protocol for anyone. You're not going to just go out there and, and, and even if you did exactly what I did, there's no guarantee it would work for your animal. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yep. That's kind of like the, where the voice comes in and Fiber potential can neither deny or confirm any uh, right. cures of cancer or treatments uh, there's such for spoken to after yeah. this time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not saying – all I'm saying is I did a bunch of stuff to my dog, and now he doesn't have cancer. Who knows you know, what really happened. But right, that's right. That's all that matters. <laughs> right, but following some, some intuition there for sure. Yes, exactly. Yours and your loved ones. That's great, man. Thank you. All right, so – Tell me, like, what else are you, what are you, what are you into right now, man? So like you had mentioned, uh, Dr. Chris, I, I had worked with a exclusive nutrition company for a lot of years and I was taught some great information there and was able to, to, to train other doctors on a kinesiological technique, uh, called QRA. Absolutely loved it. Learned an enormous amount of information, but always had this burning desire that I wanted to do more. I wanted to do more than um, I was working in a territory for one company and there's only so much, you know, change to the world you can bring by doing that. Yeah. Right. So um, I wanted to do more <clears throat> and I, wa I didn't want to be tied to um, one line, even though I felt like that line as a line is the best line in the entire world. I didn't want to be tied to one line. Um, I wanted to be able to move to where the cutting edge was. And to do that, you have to be able to stop using one thing as soon as you find something that's better or you feel it's better or that's going to be more graspable to a patient. So to do that, I'm like, I can't work for any one specific entity. So what I, I did is I sought out companies that I thought had really amazing, unique things that didn't really have much representation. And that happens a lot in this industry because people that are really in tune will like invent or come up with like some amazing thing because they're an awesome inventor or they're just a brilliant scientist and they're like, oh, I made this cool stuff and now everyone's <laughs> just going to want it, right? And they have, yeah, no I mean, thinking. that's, yeah, dude, that's like my, that's like story of my life over here with a lot of docs know this obviously and and a lot of people seeking out the help of healthcare practitioners you know clients or patients whatever they may not think of the business side of it very much but all of us that are in healthcare we do what we do most most of us do what we do because we love it we right. we just 
are so passionate about wanting to help people in whatever avenue that is. Most of us are not marketers by nature. And what, what a lot of us find out as we get into business for ourselves, and a lot of times it is business for ourselves because, you know, it's either like, what's the choice? You go work for like a... A hospital or some huge HMO clinic or something like that, and then do it the way they do it. But like you said, that's, uh, you know, in your history with, with your company that you were in, it's like, even if the hospital was like, hey, I kind of like this hospital compared to the other hospitals in the city, it's still like, man, I'm so limited here. I can right. only do what the administration says I can do and, and stuff like that. And I can't, I can't really follow my passion. I can't use my my intuition. I can't talk to the patient about what's actually right for that individual patient, stuff like that. So people end up, you know, in business for themselves, not necessarily because they're passionate about owning a business or something, but so much as like they just want to be out there helping people. And it's like, wow, like if I'm if I'm doing good work, people are just gonna. I, I guess they'll just tell other people, and then. And then people will come in and I'll be able to do my passion of helping people. That is not how it goes all the time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I hear you, brother. Yeah, absolutely. And good for you for, you know, following your passion with it. Oh, thank you. And the other nice thing about working independently for someone is if, let's say, in, in business, people get bought out, right? And when someone buys out another company, they can change what the other company's doing. And if that happens... You know, I don't want to still have that relationship. I'm going to be like, hey, that's cool that you view it this way. Um, I like it this way. So let's just, we just don't have to work together anymore right. and move on to where the next thing is. And that's why, that's my favorite thing to do is just constantly search and search and search and search and try to find um, what's next. So um, energy medicine was where I was taught. Um, I have a business partner who, you know, he's just was straight functional medicine until we met each other. And now I'm learning a ton about functional medicine. He's learning a ton about energetic medicine. So we formed this company called Anodyne. That's our mission statement is to be the eyes and ears on the cutting edge of functional and energetic medicine. So that's what we do is we just go out there and try to find out, find what is the coolest, newest stuff that some dude invented in his closet or, or, or whatever. Some brilliant scientist came up with some research and nobody knows about it. And we just try to make sure that we scream from the rooftops that, hey, this is really cool stuff. Check it out. That's basically our model is we just want to educate doctors and be like, hey, this is what this stuff does. You know, hopefully it, it's something that resonates. And if you want to use it, here it is. So how are you? Um, I mean, like, I know you to be a man of integrity. And so I'm curious, like, I mean, like, if I just find some mushrooms growing behind my garage and then I like pulverize them and put them into a bottle that may or may not provide uh healing for someone like right. if i if i just like put a label on it like crf industries you know dot com or whatever that doesn't you know mean that it's something that should be getting out there so how you you do a lot of things intuitively and with energetics and stuff like that how do you balance all that with research and safety and efficacy yeah that's a fantastic question dr chris and it's a huge part of what we do and a lot of you know of what i've learned over just even the last couple of years about this industry and making nutrition so one of the things that i we always look to work with is we want to work with companies that actually make their own nutrition and when you 
hear that, you're like, oh, well, <clears throat> everybody does. Well, actually, almost nobody does. Almost everybody sources their ingredients um, or a full formula from somebody else. And that is true in pharmaceutical nutrition, um, probably even more than anywhere else. So a lot of these huge nutrition companies. What do you don't mean by pharmaceutical nutrition? You mean like pharmaceutical grade? Like uh... yeah. Well, well, maybe I should say just doctor only nutrition, clinician only nutrition. So like, there's a lot of nutrition companies that will sell strictly to clinicians. Right, right, right. Got it. So you think it's going to be of higher quality and deeper, you know, research and things like that. And a lot of times it is, but a lot of times it isn't. <clears throat> and a lot of these even massive nutrition companies, they don't even have factories because they don't really make anything. They might do some bottling, but that's about it. They just do a lot of third-party testing on stuff that they have made, you know, outside sources. So the, the companies that I work with, they either, if, if, if they contract manufacture something, they're hands-on with the experience, they're there, and they third-party test it, or they actually make the products themselves in their own factory. So um, that way I can, you know, firsthand tour the factory. I can look at all the reports to know um, <clears throat> how clean they are and every FDA inspection that they've gone through. And I can be firsthand um, inspecting the process. And that's a huge deal to me. And then as far as um, some of the formulating of products, that's another thing that's really opened my eyes. So you'd mentioned like, why can't I just go find some mushrooms in the backyard and pulverize them and, um, and just say, hey, look, this is what this mushroom does. Look at all the great research on this mushroom. Well, <clears throat> when you go to source an ingredient, let's say you go to source a mushroom, there's going to be like 3,000 choices out there. Well, maybe not that many, maybe but closer to 300 choices out there where I could source someone who supplies reishi mushrooms from all over the world. And the quality that's going to vary from there is going to just be massive. And even if I get really good quality from one supplier, they might start sending me a lesser quality as I continue to source from them. But then we have this other world called branded ingredients. A branded ingredient is an ingredient that's patented. So like, uh, give an example, there's a company called C3 Reduct that has a patented form of cocurcumin where they have you know, figured a process to stabilize it, to increase its half-life and clinically have proven to, make, to prove that it's four times more bioavailable and cocurcumin is really hard to absorb, amazing stuff, hard to absorb. And they are the only ones that know how to make it. And they are going to be consistently giving you the same product every single time. So if I go to source cocurcumin, I'm going to have, like I said, 300 choices. But there's only going to be two or three people that have a branded one that's clinically proven, clinically researched, that's going to be consistent every single time I source it from them. It's massively more expensive to use a branded ingredient, but it's you're going to get the best of the best every single time. You don't have to worry about the quality of the product, and it's always going to be there to back up the research rather than just saying, oh, look at all the great research on cumin that's in our product. That's great, but we don't have any idea what the quality of your cumin is. So by using the branded ingredients, which is what one of the companies I, I work with, that's all that we'll use um, is a branded ingredient, then you know you're getting supreme, supreme quality. And it's going to be more expensive, but you know you're getting something that's consistent that you can actually make claims about, and it's going to be the same every time. 
Right. So for the listener then, because I mean, that's interesting, but so what, right? Like, right. <laughs> so for the listener, how do they know if they're getting good nutrition? Honestly, what I tell my patients is get your stuff from me. You know, right. I mean, I mean, that's the easiest answer. And I mean, the slightly more expanded answer is, is make sure that you trust your source. Most of my patients trust me as their source. Right. So like that works if you're my patient or if you're, you know, a patient of, you know, X person or and or doctor or nurse practitioner or, or whatever healthcare provider and you and you trust that source. But if if somebody's like wondering, like, how can I trust this source? I see this doctor, but I don't. I trust him as a person or I trust her as a person, but I don't really know if he or she knows that much about nutrition or I'm I'm trying to take my own nutrition at home and I'm trying to do some research at home by myself on, you know, with Dr. Google. Right. <laughs> what kind of advice could you give those people? Well, if you're going to do this on your own, um, it's difficult. It's like walking through a minefield. Just like in America, reading grocery labels is you know, walking, like walking through a minefield. An example is, oh, well, I buy free range chicken. Well, guess what? If your chicken is slaughtered and it's not ground, every single chicken is free range. They don't raise chickens in a crate to feed you. Those are called hens that lay eggs. So free range chicken means absolutely nothing. So if you might, Tyson chicken is free range. So, I mean, that's just another thing. You need to get a pasture raised chicken. So it's just like people are like, they think they're doing the right thing by getting free range. It's just, it's a total marketing scam. So the, the same goes for the supplement industry. So you have to be really careful on how you read your labels. Um, a basic litmus test that I like to use for a consumer is use only living source forms of supplementation. So don't use ascorbic acid. Just learn the difference between a synthetic form of a nutrient or extracted active ingredient and the, the kind that comes from a living food. So use only whole food supplements. So that can, you know, there goes 70% of the nutrition out the window. So that narrows things down. Then from there, if you can use things that have branded ingredients in them, you'll be able to know because there'll be a patent um, next to the ingredient, next to whatever is their, you know, their claim to fame on that bottle. So that is another way to really eliminate most competition out there. <clears throat> Pardon me. But if you go to like Whole Foods, even you're going to find that like even 90 percent of the supplements there won't even pass that basic litmus test. So then you're going to have to look to, um, you know, a chiropractor or a nurse practitioner or, a, you know, a functional medicine doctor to find nutrition that can you know, pass just even that basic litmus test. Right, right. Yeah, I think when it comes down to it, unless unless you're just the type of person that's really passionate about for some reason, wanting to know it yourself, it just makes a lot of sense to have someone as your guide. You know, I mean, just like, just like I could theoretically sell my own house, right? <laughs> probably a good idea if I want to sell my house in the most like efficacious way, the smoothest way, you know, all that stuff. The amount of money that I'm going to spend on having like a realtor help me or, and or, you know, a mortgage broker and or a title the right. company and, and or and or you know whatever things the amount of money that you pay those people you're probably i mean probably i'm going to make that much more 
in selling the house through them anyway. Plus, like legally, I'll be covered and all that stuff. I mean, yeah. that's a, that's a different analogy, of course. And you won't but, have to waste all that time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or like, oh my gosh. I mean, I've I've worked on my own car, you know, in my lifetime. And I've come to the conclusion quite a while ago that that probably is the best use of my time. I mean, right. it's, you know, it's just, I mean, in, unless you think it's like really fun. I mean, it's like, listen, these guys th that fix cars all the time, they have diagnostic tools for it. I mean, every year there's, you know, there's, there's new stuff that, that you got to do. It's more and more computerized every year. And, and so you got to have the tools, you got to have the know-how, you got to have all this stuff. And it's just unless it's for some reason your passion, it's not worth it to like try to learn a whole industry. And right. so um, just, I think finding someone that you trust uh, someone that knows, I mean, for myself, I've, I've been to a lot of the facilities that, that make the nutrition that, that I provide for people. Exactly. You know, I know the people that, I know some of the formulators. I know like, you know, some of the people that like run the run those companies and stuff. And I, I know like the kind of integrity that's that's behind them and, and those types of things. And how you know, the the general health consumer just doesn't have time or the know how or the resources to like be able to do that. Exactly. It's like they'll read Oh, I heard resveratrol is good for me. I'll put it into, like you said, Dr. Google and find the cheapest one. And, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't feel anything when I took that. It's a bunch of crap. Well, right, 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 right. right. That's what you did buy is a bunch of crap. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, Dr. Oz told me to take B12. So right, whatever. I went and got some from you know the local you know Cub Foods or whatever. Right, right. Upon Cub Foods, but you know, obviously you're not going to get a high quality B12 at a grocery store. Right, right. I would really love to touch on on one other thing that that I want to get out to my listeners, and that's mudding. Absolutely, yeah, mudding is uh, amazing. Yeah, so this is actually, I mean, it's something. I mean, I've used it in my clinic now for several years. It's something that uh, the first place I heard about it was through you, so that's why I'm asking you come right to the source. But um, I've seen some amazing right. things with mudding, and I use it at habitat retreats now. Um, I recommend it for patients at home. What is mudding? Like, tell us, tell us a little bit about mudding and, and what you might want to mud and why and that kind of stuff. All right. So yeah, mudding is, uh, it's really, it's, it's fantastic and it's been used for centuries from, you know, the Roman armies, um, to even it's referenced in biblically by, um, Jesus using it to heal a blind man. So the science behind mudding is quite interesting. So when we get a trauma, let's say we um, get a trauma from a surgery, so an incision scar, or we get a trauma from a fall or a, a really nasty shot from a sporing event, <clears throat> what can happen is in the flesh in that area, a lot of positively charged ions can accumulate. And then when our cells become overly positively charged, um, even in just that, that trauma site, the cells don't function properly. So a lot of waste gets into the cell and then a lot of nutrition has a really hard time being absorbed. So what mud actually does, if you use the right kind of clays that are really um, superly uh, negatively charged, they'll do a cation exchange with the cells in that site. And they'll, you know, in a sense, they repolarize the site. So when a site becomes repolarized for, um, you know, just a, it's, it's like, the the haze is off the cell it can see and it can function again and then it can disperse all the waste 
and then start to uptake nutrition and heal. But we know now that that isn't only happening at the site of the trauma. There is actually things that can be happening in what's called a reflection site. So our bodies are very electric and they, we have these things called meridians that acupuncturists use. So if like, let's say through your stomach meridian, you've got this nasty scar or trauma that can actually reflect or affect the energetic and nerve flow through the site and like bounce back and ground out into an organ system. So you could have this scar from like 10 years ago that slowly over time is reflexing into your stomach and giving you, you know, acid reflux. It's doing the same thing to the cells in the trauma site that it is in, in the actual stomach itself. So the stomach can't uptake nutrients and it just uptakes waste and over time creates some kind of symptom or physiological problem. So by mudding a site on the body, you could, that's nowhere even near the stomach, you can reset that, that pathway, repolarize the cells in both the stomach and the, um, the trauma site, and then the body can heal itself. So it's pretty amazing um, what mud can do. You can see why, you know, the Roman armies and or the Greek armies, I'm not sure which it is, would put their soldiers in mud you know, after battles and why when a cow gets bitten, you know, you know, by a snake or something, it goes to find the nearest, you know, mud and it just sits in it overnight. So farmers know like, hey, if a cow won't come in because it's sitting in mud, he leaves it out there overnight because he knows it probably got bit by a snake or something and that it's trying to heal itself. So very powerful stuff. It's just not for um, sticking on your face and trying to, you know, get rid of wrinkles or whatever they do in like a health spa. Right, right, which a lot of times those types of places, if they're not really properly educated, then whatever they're putting on their skin probably has lorosulfates and yes. you know parabens and all kinds of all kinds of junk that like you really don't want your skin absorbing anyway. Absolutely. Um, I love this kind of stuff too because you know, I have been around energy medicine for for a long time and there's just this like idea that it's so like out there or woo woo or something like that and it's not scientific and stuff like that and not saying like i mean some of it kind of is right but right. at the same time they're really we are energetic beings and it's not that much of a leap if you're if you know anything about you know chemistry and biology this this isn't actually that weird like right. all you're all you're talking about is cations and anions. In other words, positively charged molecules, negatively charged molecules. You you think right. about like the intracellular, extracellular. You know, there's the sodium potassium pump, and um, how if you have the the right kinds of electrolytes, among other you know, and other factors too. But if you have the right types of salts, electrolytes, uh, positively negatively charged molecules, th those things all mean the same thing essentially. Um, if you have the right balances of those things in the right places, meaning inside the cell, outside the cell, in different kinds of tissues, things like that, then you have physiology that actually that actually works a lot better. Yeah, absolutely. Could be like someone with seizures. There could be their brain. Some of the neurons in their brain are firing off a little too easily. So if you can bring more balance, not, not saying it's like as easy as just like laying down in some mud, but right. like if but if you can bring balance to that part of the body, uh, you can 
have a huge effect. There can be a transformative effect. What's your number one health tip for people? Work on your emotions. <laughs> you can take all the supplements in the world, but if you're getting ticked off all the time because of little things in your life, it's not going to do a whole lot for you. Nice. Okay. How do they do that? Find what works for you. Um, if you're really into a faith, get deeper into your faith. Get really deep into your faith. Um, if you're just more spiritual, get really into your meditation. Um, if you're you know, an atheist, just get find a deep breathing exercise that works really, really well for you. Nice. Okay. Hey, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate your time. Thanks for filling us in on all your latest adventures. Hey, I uh, greatly appreciate you having me on the show. I'm really proud that you're of what you've done and the retreats that you're putting together. You know, we need more people like you and Shamani in the world. Keep up the great work. Awesome. Hey, thanks a lot, brother. All right. Thank you, brother. Bye. Bye-bye. Visit drchrisfrickman.com for more cutting-edge content, including nutrition and detoxification advice, unique fitness videos, and more.